I'm stood on the Lika Plains in central Croatia, taking in the scenery. The skies above are an angry shade of grey. If I were a more evocative man, whose job it was to come up with titles for paint colours, I might call it Midnight Supper or Elephant's Breath. Sunlight keeps trying to peek through the clouds, and a rainbow momentarily shimmers above the impressive mountain range stretching out above. The skies aren't the only thing acting moody, though. This rather intimidating noise quickly gaining ground towards me, and the reason why I'm currently questioning my life choices, is the grunt of a Tauros bull. He's part of a programme to cross ancient domestic cattle breeds to emulate as closely as possible the long-lost aurochs, an extinct wild bovine that once spread across Europe, North Africa and into Asia. Am I getting a bit twitchy as he paces towards me? Yes. But I have to keep my nerve as the two Croatian cowboys accompanying me aren't yet showing any signs of flinching. This is a standoff between man and beast. My chance to get accepted as one of the gang. I must not show any signs of weakness. Okay, time to go. I'm James Shooter, host of the Rewild podcast, and this is Velabit Mountains. After a night of lightning and hailstorms hammering down on the roof of our campervan, we've woken up to a glorious morning. Mist rises out of the valley like steam from a teapot. The early morning sun burns off the top layer of cloud, allowing glimpses of the impressive mountain range towering over us. It's late autumn, and as this part of Croatia sits on the coastline of the Adriatic Sea, there's been plenty of wind, so most of the leaves have blown, save for the beach. They light up on the hillside like flickering orange flames. We'll come back to the higher ground later on, as this morning I'm getting picked up by Marianne, one of the rewilding Velibit team, who's taking me to see one of his colleagues on the Lika Plains to see their natural grazing scheme. Marianne speaks just a few words of English, and I've picked up about the same in Croatian, but we managed the half-hour trip with conversation through my phone. Thank you, Google Translate. We pull up on the edge of the plains just as Blazenko is arriving in his pickup too. I'm Blazenko. Nice to meet you, I'm James. Oh, I also. Are you good? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah? I'm not actually fine. I had uh, already some problems in the morning. Oh, really? I had no electricity in the wires. Oh, really? Oh, no. Something happened. Now I must go drive all around all the fence. Around the fence. And try to see something. Maybe the rain uh, had uh, filled the creeks and the water is up. Uh. And uh, if the wires are in the water, there are no... Yeah, no good. Yes, So this is our main spot, hot spot. This is the place where all the cattle is released. Okay. And it was brought, brought here. Okay. The, we call it the old, 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 old corral. Okay. This place here. And how big an area is this? This area uh, is total uh, 1,600 hectares. Oh, so big. Yeah, yeah. that's it. And you have uh, uh, cattle uh, and horses in here? Yeah, they are all they are, they are together. There are around 120 uh, horses and 130 cows and bulls. Okay. I've touched on the Tauros program in previous episodes, but this is the first time seeing some of the individuals for myself. This is a Dutch-led initiative to develop an Aurochs 2.0. The original primeval cattle were killed off directly and indirectly by humans 
with the last survivor hunted out of a Polish forest in 1627. Prior to that, large herds would have been shaping grasslands for a couple of hundred thousand years. Open and semi-open grasslands are among the most diverse ecosystems in Europe, but have been disappearing at an alarming rate. Nowadays, we're probably used to seeing artificial grass fields, ploughed, seeded and stocked with a monoculture of single-species grass, grown to feed modern-day domestic farm animals in high densities. Natural grassland can have as many as 80 different species of plant in a single square metre. Worldwide, they support an array of specialist species of wildlife, from the impressive Great Bustard, the world's heaviest flying bird, to the delicate marsh fritillary, whose caterpillars are solely dependent on Devil's Bit Scabious, a purple flowering plant found in extensively grazed grasslands. It's this diversity of life the Tauros has challenged to help save. No pressure then. So do you want to drive around? That would be great, yeah. yeah. If, uh, I'll just get my bag from the... More of a smell it's best to have a chauffeur so I can concentrate on, on <laughs> yeah. translating and talking. To yeah, them. no, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. What have you done? Yeah, the grass is green even now in the November. Is that just because so much rain? Uh, yeah, it was a good year. It was not so hot in the summer, so it isn't. Uh, uh, dry that out in the summer. It was all summer uh, raining. So that's good for the animals? Uh, yeah, they had uh, much more grass. Yes. Even though they always have grass here because it's a big area. Yeah, okay. A huge area for, for them. So they have free rain over the whole, whole area? Yeah, they can go and move all around if they like, but the calves only stick to certain place. Okay. Marianne drives us across the plains in his 4x4, an extensive area of flat ground at the base of the Velobit mountain range. Well, it should be flat, but he tells us there's craters everywhere from when the Yugoslavian army used the area a few decades ago as a firing range for tank training. I'm glad he's driving, as we'd definitely be upside down by now if I was trying to navigate. Lika plains uh, actually do really need rewilding because of this area in the past was used uh, for grazing. People brought their cattle here to graze. And so in that way they maintained the, the area from not being uh, uh, forested. And uh, now there are uh, less people all around in the villages, so it's not uh, used anymore for cattling. So actually this is a very good uh, opportunity to have this cattle here to prevent that uh, foresting in this area. Because by grazing, by destroying the uh, branches, the all kinds of bushes and the forest uh, species, it's, they are protecting it from uh, foresting. I first heard of Tauros appear over the ridge and I'm keen to see them up close and personal. They're big animals, I mean, this one's and It's a cow, huge. that's a bull, or right, a okay. cross. It's a bull, it's only bull the, around here. This cow. is a young bull. This one here? Uh, this one, last year's. Okay. Cows. This one's absolutely huge, though. Yeah, that's a cow, but it's uh, huge. Yeah. But they are also bigger than this one, well. Really? The aurochs would have been a formidable animal. Bulls stood at around 180 centimetres at the shoulder and tipped the scales at around a tonne. 
They had huge upturned horns, reaching 80 centimetres in length. Looking at the cows surrounding me, and the even larger bulls in the distance, my mind is half convinced I'm looking at a resurrected animal. This is still a work in progress though. For now, these animals are still classed as livestock on paper. Their ear tags are a sharp reminder of that. The hopes of this ambitious initiative are that one day, the Tauros will be able to move freely in wild herds across the continent, as their ancestors once did. The wolf, Marian asks me if there is a wolf moving around, but I didn't see any traces. Only two weeks ago, when a horse died, okay, and the ravens came, ravens circle around yeah. it, and then after the ravens, there then comes the wolf or the bear. Oh right, okay. They they, they follow the ravens. Yeah, yeah. They kind of signal that something has died. The ravens are. Uh, they warn us if something has died or something, uh, or a wolf or a bear attacked uh, some animal. The they ravens uh, immediately see it and they circle around. They, there are hundreds of ravens at the spot. Oh wow! They're kind of a part they, of the team, letting you know what's what's going on. Also, they are scavengers. Yeah. This timely reminder that an array of predators walk these lands is part of the reason the Taros program is utilising historic breeds that retain some of the characteristics of the original bovine. Those large horns and athletic build will come in handy when facing off against wolves. They're extremely hardy, can live outside all year round, and require little to no intervention. By the way, this is no guessing game. The scientific advisory committee for this breeding program consists of experts in genetics, ecology, molecular biology, archaeology and ancient cattle breeding. Through genetic sampling they now have the entire genome of the aurochs and are able to target the very best modern-day specimens for the most targeted end results. From Spain, the Sayaguesa, Pajuna, Limia and Tudanka breeds are utilised. From Italy, the Maramama and Podlica. From Portugal, the Maronessa. From Scotland, the Highland Cattle. And from here in Croatia, the Boscarin. Some of these breeds surround us now in the Lika Plains but also fourth and fifth generation crossbreeds that are ever closer genetically and morphologically to the original. There are some Taurus oh, yes. here. <laughs> this is uh, the water pond uh, we have here on the left. Ah, okay. In the summer it's the hotspot uh, in the summer. They are all together here during yeah. the, between noon and two o'clock. The every animal almost in the area really? will come to, to drink. That makes sense. No, Malo. There are, few, there are only a few of them. Because they have water everywhere. Yes. There are some creeks around, there are some uh, smaller... Oh, cranes. Oh, <laughs> uh, I never seen so, so big... Zdralovi, I don't know, Marianne. Oh, cranes. Yeah. I never saw them. Oh, really? He also didn't see them here. Oh, that's cool. It's time to leave the Taros, Blazenko, and the Cranes on the Plains, as I need to meet up with Maria, the team leader for rewilding Velabit, and Nino, the rewilding officer. They've been up since silly o'clock this morning, on an important mission to the very north of the country. So, this is James Shura, the port How are you? Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Maria Krenjajic. Hi, nice to meet you. James Shura. You good? So, have you retired, huh? 
bit, huh? Uh, it's early, yeah. early start. What's Four o'clock. Four o'clock. Even even before that. Oh yeah, really? Yeah, you, you do kind of look tired a bit, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah Time yeah. for coffee. We head into a restaurant in the local town as they're in desperate need of refueling, and I'll never say no to coffee and pizza halfway through the day. We have some time to kill anyway, as we're awaiting the special delivery from the north. Ten red deer are being transported from a breeding centre, destined to be released into the wilds of Velabit, and as luck would have it, it's happening on the very same afternoon as my visit. As we get the call that the truck driver is nearing, we grab the last few bites of our lunch and head into the SUVs ready to start heading up the mountainside. You can tell there's a real sense of excitement in the air. Nothing beats a wildlife release. The whole field team is heading up the hill to witness the Velabit Mountains get that little bit wilder. There's also a photography trio in convoy, ready to capture the release, armed with a drone, big lenses and a video camera. And me, and my little fluffy microphone. So in front of us it's a Velabit Massive, it's the biggest mountain in Croatia, <clears throat> not regarding the height but by, but, uh, by the length. Okay. Uh, the area that we are going in is the recently bought concession, it's called Crna Doleba Metla. Uh, and the location that we are going in it's called Dabarsko Jezero, or Dabar Lake. Okay. It was lake once uh, upon a time, but now it's dried out. Uh, yeah, basically, you will see when we go a little bit further, you will see it. the south is on your left side, left hand side, the north is on the right hand side. 145 kilometer of mountain. Wow. All of the mountain is protected by the nature park and Natura 2000 network. And we have two national park, National Park Paklenica, which is the oldest national park in Croatia. Uh, sorry, which is, uh, yeah, which is one, one of the oldest. And National Park Plitvice uh, and, and Paklenica are pretty much, but okay. Yeah. National Park Paklenica uh, and uh, the youngest national park, Northern Velabit. Oh, wow. So we have two national parks and uh, nature park Velabit. And are they essentially all inside the rewilding landscape or? The rewilding landscape spreads throughout the range of Velabit nature park okay. area. So it's the whole Velabit mountain from Vratnik Pass on the north all the way to Zermania uh, River to the south. We wind our way up through stunning old growth woodland. Giant beech trees and tall slender silver firs dominate the hillside, which slowly start to switch to black pine as we climb higher up the trails. These forests are home to white-backed woodpecker, Europe's smallest and largest species of owls, the pygmy owl and eagle owl, and the last few remaining capicali in Croatia. Balkan chamois cling to the rock faces, boar plough their way through the undergrowth, and the full suite of European predators are on the hunt. These woods are wild. Interestingly, the land beneath our feet is sponge-like and porous. It's not the old Yugoslavian army again. It's because these mountains are made of limestone. Rainwater that's turned slightly acidic after picking up carbon dioxide from the air dissolves the rock along joints and fractures. Over many, many years, this process forms caves. The small ones make great places for bears to hold up in the winter months. But this part of Velabit also has some of the deepest caves known to man. Lakina Jama, the 14th deepest cave in the world, stretches 1,431 metres beneath the Earth's surface. If you were to get to that 1,431st metre in that cave, you'd find a subterranean stream home to an endemic species of leech. A new species, genus and family to science, discovered in 1994 and only found in these deep cave systems of Croatia. If that's not a prize worth going down for, I don't know what is. This is the perfect habitat for red deer on Velabit Mountain. 
On the North Croatia is totally different flatlands, big old forests and that is a preferred area for them in that place. But here they like this kind of environment. So two very, very different type of ecosystems. Tot totally, totally yeah. different. Yeah. In Northern Velebit we have swamps, marshes uh, also, so it's a bit different. And when you, when you look the animal, like morphology, the animals are a bit higher on the ground. They are much uh, bigger in weight than here because the presence of predator here is much higher. Okay. And they need to be a bit lower on the leg to jump faster and they, they, they don't have weight. They have because, big, strong, better fitness. Yes, wow, they are more athletes. athletes Actually, you know? yeah, more yeah. Athletes, yeah. Athletics, yeah. yeah. At the top of the hill, we clamber out and get ready for the truck to arrive with Velobit's newest inhabitants. I'm pretty impressed such a big vehicle can get up here, to be honest. We've driven up to over a thousand meters above sea level on winding forest tracks. I see the photography team professionally set in their corresponding positions. I've wedged my microphone somewhere near the trailer, balanced my phone on some sticks to capture a video, and I'm hiding in a bush with my camera to try and grab a few pictures as they come out. When you're a one-man band, you learn to multitask fairly well. It's a bit of a bodge, but it does the job. As the trailer doors come down, I momentarily think back to the couple of wildlife releases I've been privileged to join. The white storks in England awkwardly reversed out of their crates. The beavers in Scotland waddled out of theirs. I wonder how these deer will taste freedom. Ah, explosively. All ten sprint out of the back and run past me and my camera to head into the trees behind me. I hear them thundering out of sight as the team celebrates this hopeful sight. Okay. <laughs> so first and foremost, how did that make you feel seeing what we've just seen, the red deer released? I think the, the words are limited. It was beautiful. This is something very special. Every time, every time is a special moment. When we open the gates and the animals are free in the nature, every time is a very special moment. It's Knowing a, that Velabit just got a little bit wilder. Yeah. Quite an exciting thought. Exactly. Uh, they have come from um, a coral uh, farm, actually, in the north part of Croatia, called Chasma. And we have uh, brought ten red deer. Uh, seven of them are females and... Three of them are males. Some of the some of the individuals are three to four years old. These ten individuals are part of an ongoing reinforcement of red deer, making the grand total of 56 released over the past few years. Several of them have GPS collars so the team can learn about where they choose to go, which habitats they prefer, and if any end up becoming prey for other species. Nino tells me the first data points will come in at 1am. After being up since four this morning, I fear he might not get to bed before those first insights are delivered. The data will help inform the team on whether they need further translocations or if it's reaching stability. So this is important. If you, if you have increased number of predators, you need to prey species. But the fact that um, we released these 10 years, it's not only due to the fact that uh, the high number of predators here, which is also 
one of the reasons. But it is also that we have established at the beginning of this year that the number of red deer in this area was extremely low. And that was actually our first initiation why we decided to do that. So after the several methods of monitoring that we've done here so far, the numbers were low. And only that was already a reason. So the reason why this number is low can have many, 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 many things can cause this thing. It can be predators, like Nina said, but it can also be uh, human impact, hunting pressure, um, make some kind of disease. Lots, of, can, lots of Lots of uh, ecological factors can, can uh, cause these low densities. It's an impressive sight, looking up at the natural surroundings where the deer have gone to make their new home. Wooded hillsides as far as the eye can see, with limestone pinnacles towering out of the canopy. Just before the release, one of the rangers was telling us he had a mother lynx with three cubs in the forest earlier in the week, and five wolves on the ridge above us the week before. If it didn't feel wild before that disclosure, it certainly did afterwards. How what makes well a bit unique is that the, in the middle of the Europe you have a mountain range which is fairly small in comparison to Alps or Dolomites uh, or I don't know Carpathian Mountains, but on 145 uh, kilometer and uh, and 30 kilometer of uh, wide mountain you have uh, three big predators: uh, brown bear, Eurasian lynx, and grey wolf. You have uh, more endemic species of plant than whole Great Britain. Uh, many, many geological uh, phenomena and, uh, and uh, cave systems. So we can say that Velebit is uh, a diamond in the central of Europe, actually, regarding the nature, uh, diversity and uh, richness. I'll let that competitive comment about British endemic plants slide, Nino. It's not a competition, after all. And just you wait until I show you the wonders of our Scottish primrose if you come and visit the Orkney Isles with me. Anyway, the endemic specialties of Croatia's rich nature aren't restricted to the bottom of the deepest, darkest caves. There are 79 endemic plants found here, the most famous of which is the Velobit degenia, a low-lying, yellow-flowering plant which was immortalised on the 50-leaper coin until the euro took over at the start of this year. There are two main reasons why it's so good for endemics here. One, the region was not so affected by the last ice age, so many of the existing plants survived that period, whilst elsewhere they died off. And two, you have three different climates colliding here, continental, Mediterranean and montane on the high tops. Sure enough, if you were to climb the peak of Velobit Mountain itself, you'd be staring down at the Adriatic Sea on one side, with Mediterranean scrub clinging to its slopes, and on the other, that lovely mix of fir and beach sweeping down inland. It's quite the combination of worlds. By the look of the eye, Velabit uh, uh, is wild uh, mountain, but uh, the only thing is that people need to get rewilded. And uh, of course, rewilding is letting nature take it, its course, but uh, by the small changes that we do in the landscape, we help the nature regenerate and uh, be complete as it should be. Velabit uh, is a I would say crisscrossed with the smaller forest roads and the main roads which are mostly connected coast with the continent. And um, the point is that uh, due to migration of the wildlife through the area, the roads are the points where the accidents are happening and collisions are happening. 
Uh, we are working on securing the roads with the uh, light prisms to reduce the to, to reduce the collisions and to prevent uh, any casualties in the in in both in both ways in human and wildlife. Whilst light prisms can deter animals from crossing, tunnels, viaducts and green bridges offer them a helping hand. The A1 highway connects the capital of Croatia, Zagreb, to the southern city of Split and is a serious barrier to both migrating wildlife and those with territories either side of the road. Croatia is fortunate to have a number of crossings, including six green bridges. Roe and red deer frequently utilise them, but also bears and wolves. During a five-year study in 2016, wolves popped up 132 times on camera traps on green bridges in Croatia. Over in Canada, where 44 wildlife crossings were constructed in Banff National Park alone, they reduced the number of large mammal collisions by 80%. They cost millions, but designed well and implemented in key locations, they allow wildlife to share our increasingly human world. Away from the roads, one of the best ways you can affect change for wildlife in Croatia is to be the leaseholder of a hunting concession. This is to hold the rights of hunting activity over an area of state-owned land. That may sound counterintuitive, but rewilding Velibit now holds over 30,000 hectares of concessions, connecting key ground between two highly protected national parks. We, we are managing uh, this hunting concession in, in, in this area and we, according to creation legislation. So you have a hunting management plan for 10 years and according to that, you have to manage the area that you were given for. And we've been given from the government the, the trust to manage this, uh, the lease for 10 years to manage uh, wildlife here. According to law, we, you have to, of course, respect some kind of quota. And we do that. We, 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 we are allowed to, to have minimum quota, what, which is really not uh, such a strong uh, impact on the on the wildlife, but uh, it is not just the, um, the the we are not the only one here. So what we are building here is to showcase. We are building here different type of management, and we want to transform the way hunting is managed, not just in Croatia but or, or everywhere in Europe. We want to uh, boost much more and to. Um, and to prove the economic value of non-hunting activities towards the hunting activities and that they can be the same as profitable like uh, hunting activities. And this is what we are building here, actually a showcase that can be beneficial for not just for us, but also for the others. By having skin in the game and being leaseholders of hunting concessions, it means the rewilding Velibit team has some sway in the overall direction of travel for wildlife populations here. Yes, they have to abide by some of the hunting legislation, but it's also the reason why they've been able to increase the red deer numbers here, and why links have been released, and why they're able to map bear dens and lower the impact of forest harvesting near to those sites. In a complicated world, we've got to find the best imperfect solutions to start tipping the scales back the other way for our precious wildlife. Working with hunters in Croatia instead of working against them is proof that involving key stakeholders can bring benefits for all sides. I must say, on my very positive experience, uh, even though we were expecting some kind of, you know, 
distrust and the conflict, but it, it didn't happen so far. So we are trying to work together, not just with hunters, but with the old, uh, all uh, stakeholders involved, which is also two ministries and um, which are agencies and other stakeholder county le- on a county level. So with hunters up till now we have been have uh, good uh, support and communication. But we still have to work. Uh, as I said, we are in the middle of Velebit. Velebit has 2,000, 200,020 hectares. So it's 2,200 square kilometers. So it's this 30,000 hectares that we have is, it is a huge area, but there are also other neighbors that we want to actually, we want to affect on them and to to use the same model like we are we are using expand your effect yes yeah, to expand our effect and to be recognized and for them also to recognize and to use the reviving principle in their in their way of management up to now we have built what this one five wildlife watching height where we are boosting nature tourism and we have visitors from all over the europe we are hoping much more to have from Croatia because the visitors are mostly from, from Europe. We have several products that are connected with photo safari, with wildlife washing hides, with hiking, many things. And we have, from this year, we are have starting to, to get first, you know, incomes and profits and... And that's it. So the idea is also for our neighbors to to have similar heights and also to work on the photo shooting instead of shooting. If I sat in one of those hides all day, what kind of species would I see, see here in the Velvet Mountains? Uh, I would say any species is very special uh, because from the wildlife watching hide you have opportunity to see the the life of the animals and their in their everyday life without uh, disturbing them. But I would say every time people are very happy to see brown bear, which is always a sherry on top of wildlife experience and wildlife watching hides experience. But for me, I would say, uh, in my opinion, uh, lynx is one of the most interesting species on the Velabit Mountain. And have you had any experiences yourself with lynx? Yes, yes. Uh, I I am fortunate to work on on Rewilding Velabit initiative and we are cooperating with many partners who are working also on uh, reintroduction and boosting the population of lynx in the area. Because of that I had opportunity to release the lynx, uh, to be present on the release of the lynx, uh, to monitor their movement through the area and to get inside their very, very... Uh, I would say to get inside their very very hidden uh, world yeah fantastic I mean that's not a bad day at the office is it (laughs) with lynx wolf and bear in the region it makes a tantalizing location for some but equally brings challenges for others whilst the team are helping with practical coexistence measures like electric fences for farmers and beekeepers they're also on a mission to change mindsets to win hearts and minds. Yeah, but for the coexistence also it's important that we try to sens- uh, sensibilize uh, local f- local people for the presence of wildlife and to improve their their joint uh, life, so to join livings. What does it mean? So we try to, we are educating them and um, trying to, you know, not to be afraid of this and how to behave in presence of them. 
not to have the same reaction because when you when you are familiar with that they are they are here from ever so this is their habitat as well and when you when you already know in your conscious you need to share then at once the approach is different a shift in mindset can be a powerful tool to utilize in 2017 rewilding velabit worked with the university of zagreb's faculty of forestry to make the romino carito old growth beech forest a designated site this is an area untouched by human infrastructure or past harvesting a natural forest allowed to evolve over many thousands of years into a resilient biodiversity hotspot. Old growth forests are vitally important to protect and expand, but currently make up just half a percent of Europe's total forest areas. And we've supported that and now this, uh, this area will be declared soon as a special purpose forest, meaning that only some part of the scientific activities will be allowed there. Nothing, no harvesting, no lodging, nothing. Our um, other uh, priorities and our focus is uh, also on carbon sequestration project where we are planning also in future with, uh, with one of actually the most important beneficiary which are the state component creation forest. We want to work together with them where we will monitor the benefits of carbon instead of lodging and hoping also to adjacent towards close to our area, part of the forest area where lodging will be forbidden and where, where the, well, well, the area will be protected. And uh, I would say end product will be then um, carbon. So yeah, this is this is let's say for future. I can say, well, um, I'm here seven years, and uh, already I can see some changes. But there will need it needs to be and it needs to pass much more years to see to see the real change. But I I can see it well a bit in fifty years as one of the best places for the for the wildlife uh, watching one of the most uh, riches and biodiverse areas in the central europe uh, we are living our hope so every day you know we are we are actually uh, i strongly uh, believe that this area um, also we are seeing shift into into the people's minds here and which is all, which is without that you cannot do anything. But I see this place will thrive. So this is how I see Velibit. Because not only with our presence, you know, people have started to recognize the importance of of nature and importance of of all of us actually in some kind of harmony to to balance the the area and to balance the territory that we are all living. So. I think that we will continue going this direction. I thoroughly enjoyed my all too brief time in this part of Croatia. The vast forested hillside of the region would have you believe this is an untouched part of Europe. But beneath the canopy, through forestry and hunting, humans still manage to shape the land and the array of animals that call it home. Along the edges in the valley bottoms, roads and railways cut through habitat and restrict the animals that would naturally roam and spread to neighbouring mountain ranges. But rewilding brings with it opportunities for change, and opportunities for people too. It's great to hear that the rewilding velvet team are starting the transition from hunting tourism to wildlife tourism. And not just on their own ground, but neighbouring concessions too. 
This shows that others are open to the idea of non-extractive nature-based economies. So if you're listening to this and you want to do your bit for rewilding, come to Croatia and book a place in a wildlife hide or hire a mountain guide for the day. I quite often hear the argument that we should boycott countries that partake in activities, like whaling for example. But that's not what to do at all. What you should do is go to those countries and put your money into whale watching trips. Boycotting them just leaves the existing value of whaling in place with zero competition. By putting your money into tourism, you put a monetary value on living wildlife, and that matters. Equally, if a shift in emphasis can be driven here from logging to the ever-growing carbon market, you're suddenly looking at a dual-purpose economic driver for keeping these Croatian wilds in tip-top condition. It'll be interesting to see how the Tauros initiative plays out here, with the ecological effects of these next-gen Aurochs working their magic on leaker plains. They looked the part too. I didn't think I'd be overly impressed by seeing some cattle munching on grass, but perhaps I just needed a change in mindset too. These aren't just any cattle after all. Maybe one day, in the not-so-distant future, they'll be allowed to take their role as a true replacement for the Aurochs and get free roam in landscapes across the continent. I can genuinely imagine an excitement about seeing these large animals in impressive herds working their way unimpeded through the natural grasslands of Europe. But should you come across them, just remember, the horns are 80 centimetres long, they can weigh up to a ton, and you probably won't have a Blazanko to keep you safe, so be careful. Thanks for joining us for episode 10 of the Rewild podcast. This part of Croatia really is stunning, so do stick it on your list of places to visit. It's always more exhilarating when you know there's lynx, bears and wolves in the woods around you. I'm very grateful to the Rewilding Velabit team for showing me around and allowing me along for the Red Deer release. It's brilliant to see these stunning landscapes getting wilder first hand. So thanks to Maria, Nino and Blazenko for speaking with me and to Kruno, the communications officer, for setting up the whole thing. As always, many thanks to Andrew O'Donnell of Beluga Lagoon for the music and Gemma Shooter for the artwork. The biggest of thanks goes to Rewilding Europe for collaborating with me on this series. The Velibit Mountains is one of ten inspiring rewilding landscapes across the continent, set up with local teams on the ground. If you're enjoying the series, please do consider giving us a rating or review. It always helps us reach new people, and it's great to see what you guys think. Next month, we'll be taking a wee break, as there's apparently some holiday season called Christmas. I'm sure it won't take off, but don't worry. We'll be back in January with stories of Link's reintroductions from the forests of Slovenia. Catch you next time.